Hello, Pin Voyagers. My name is Julia, and I am here with my co-host, Terry. Hi, everyone. And we also have Nick joining us as well. I am so excited to be back. And you guys, we are going to discuss uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Episode 2. So if you have not watched the second episode yet, there are spoilers ahead. We are going to talk about the episode. Um, and we'd also love to hear your feedback for our last podcast. Um, so uh, reach out to Terry and I. Let us know what you think. But if you are ready, we are going to head out on our voyage. So Terry and Nick, what did you guys think of the episode? I found this episode to be really good, but I think there was a lot of exposition. I think they're they're using this episode to tell us, the viewers, or at least give us a lot more clues about what's going on, setting the stage for how the world is right now. Oh, gosh. What really comes to mind for me is Bucky pulling my heartstrings like the boy cracked. He got he got out what he was really feeling and I don't know like just knowing that he's a guy that really keeps to himself it was like oh gosh that hurt me but I don't know that was one of the best things for me. All right, so let's start at the beginning of the episode. We see the new Captain America, John Walker, preparing to do some propaganda, some PR for his position. Okay, with this guy, let me. We did. We discussed last episode how we thought, at least for for sure, me and Nick were like, this guy's just a symbol. He has no part. He's just gonna be propaganda, like the original Captain America, give people hope and idea. And then this guy shows up in the field. I was like, the thing? like I don't know, like I'm gonna piss me off. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Yeah, he's definitely more than just a face. He he is. We we learned from this first scene his credentials. You know that he is a de- declarated war hero, uh, and we get to see a, a clip of him practicing with the shield, and he clearly has been able to master the use of the shield. Uh, and so it was clear from that scene that he is going to be a big part of this series. Anyone that's familiar with the comics would have known this already. Again, these aren't comics that I'm familiar with, so I didn't know that John Walker is an established character and has a history within uh, the Marvel comic universe. This is the first time I even hear about him. Like, there's a lot of things that I know about, but again, this Marvel universe is so large. I can't believe that this one I had no idea about, and I'm, like, frustrated about it. I I had mentioned, uh, after Nick and I had watched the episode, that I was a little surprised at how accepting the people were of the new Captain America. And and granted, we don't actually know how the world is feeling about him. It was set up at his high school with Good Morning America. So, of course, you know, those people are going to be excited. You know, it's kind of staged, right? But for me, if this was real life, I would have an extremely hard time accepting the fact that they're trying to put someone else into this role. Like, in my mind, Captain America is Captain America, and no one should ever be able to take his place. Now, there can be new people that come out that have a different name. I just personally don't understand it. Well, I wonder if if this show is going to 
have that same empathy, that same thought conveyed through Bucky and Sam, because we see that Bucky and Sam are, are not very accepting of this new Captain America as they really shouldn't be. First of all, I feel very disrespectful. The shield was given to the Falcon. He chose to put this into the Smithsonian Museum, and then, like, they take it out? This is, this is a part of history. Like, you don't, you don't just say, oh, I'm going to borrow the Mona Lisa. What? What? No. Like, you, you don't do that. Yeah, and maybe we're going to see ramifications from all that down the line. Now, I want to give a big shout-out to the actor playing John Walker. Uh, I When I watch his performance and you look at his face... Uh, he, he has a good way of conveying that, you know, he is equipped for the job, but also his face has this little twinge of evil, of cockiness. Uh, and it seems to me like, hey, we all want Falcon to become Captain America, and I feel like inevitably that's where this show is heading. So if that's true, then something must go wrong with John Walker as Captain America. So I feel like this actor is doing a good job of foreshadowing that in his face don't say we all want that i'm happy with the way things are i think the falcon should stay the falcon captain's legacy should stay that and bucky should be the winter soldier or the white wolf i guess the white wolf how how you would say it does anyone else feel this way i (laughs) tell me listeners am i crazy (laughs) julie does not julie does not like change okay we'll move on (laughs) Next, we're, we're going to come to the point where Sam and uh, the Winter Soldier get to work together. They're going to fly to M- Munich, and they're going to try to intercept the Flag Smashers as they're stealing vaccines or medicine. Who are they stealing that vaccine and medicine from? That's what I don't know. If anyone knows that, Terry, do you know? No, I don't know who they're stealing it from. I thought Zemo was going to be involved in this, and like, okay, so that's already... They already debunked my original theory, so... I don't think that they told us in this episode. Who they no, stole they it from? Didn't. Correct. So, we don't know who they stole this, this medicine from, uh, but they're going to transport it somewhere uh, and give it to people that they they feel like it needs to be. What exactly they're going to do with this vaccine and this medicine, uh, we don't know yet. Hopefully that'll come out in future episodes. So, we see the destruction of Red Wing. It was so sad. I'm not sad about it. Oh, oh my gosh. I, I almost equated it to like Hedwig being <laughs> shot down in Harry Potter. So I don't know. Does everyone else hate Red Wing? I thought he was awesome. Yeah, I like that. No, I mean, it's not that he... Okay, Red Wing is, a, is like a it's like a drone, right? But it, I just find it so interesting that this drone... Granted, Red Wing was based off a of real bird from the Falcons. And, and in order to make it modernized and MCU relatable, they made him a drone. But like, I just find it weird that this drone always had bird sounds. I think it to make it cute. It didn't. It did make it cute. It was, it's almost <laughs> the equivalent of killing like BB-8. Oh, It was just weird. Like I was, I was just like, I wish they would address that. And like, then I would probably feel for the bird a little bit more, but no, I'm just like, did you install the sounds on there on purpose? I'm, I'm with Bucky on. I don't like the the, the Red Wing. I just say I thought it was funny. He's like, and then I wanted to do that. Like it took that away from him. And I like when it, when Bucky was like, I'm sorry about your Red Wing. And then he's like, No, you're not. 
Yeah, I I don't I never understood Bucky's disdain for Red Wing. What what does he have that what does he have against that thing? The Avengers find it annoying how much this guy loves his Red Wing because um, Black Widow didn't care for it either. Now I would like to point out that I think it was really odd that they Bucky jumps onto uh, the truck, the lead truck, and opens the door. Meanwhile, the truck behind them, the driver can just see him doing this and doesn't do anything. Yeah, I thought that was very strange as well. Well, so the the battle doesn't go great for Bucky and Sam uh, that ensues once they jump onto the trucks. And then lo and behold, John Walker and Battlestar show up to what they think has saved the day. Uh, the battle still doesn't go well, and we realize as an audience that all of these Flag Smashers essentially are super soldiers. They have incredible strength, and they are not going to be easy to take down. I would just, and I had said this to Nick after we watched the episode, I would just like to state that whatever kind of serum or whatever they got to make them super soldiers is not the same strength that the original Captain America had. He is like, to me, almost anything could have happened to that man (laughs) and it did not affect him. I think the one time that we saw that things really affected him is when he got shot, Um, which we did see in the fight scene as well when one of the Flag Smashers got shot, um, that it did affect him. But I just don't see the same strength. So I don't think... And we can talk about this a little bit later, but I don't think whatever they got is the exact same replica of what Captain America had. I don't, I don't think it is either. However, I don't think that these guys are trained at the same level of self-defense and fighting that Captain America and Bucky are. So I think it makes sense that this guy just got died for being shot a couple times. Um, the, the Falcon does not have any super serum in him, correct? He's just a normal guy that can fly. That's an yeah. Avenger, correct? And that Battlestar guy, look at him. He had to ask for help. Oh, I don't even want to get into my opinions about those two. The new Captain America tries to convince them that he's not trying to replace Steve. And I thought that was a important conversation to put out there because... I believe the writers knew that there are going to be people like Julie that do not want Captain America replaced. Uh, So at least throw this out there. But again, you can see in this actor's face that he is pretty cocky and he's saying the words, but he might not truly believe the words that he's saying. I don't, I mean, I think this guy comes from a good place. It's just, I'm not, I don't want to accept him and I'm not ready to accept him. And I don't think I ever will accept it. So no matter what he says, I'm, I'm not about it. Yeah. Now, Julie and I, we really wanted to know more about these Flag Smashers. So we went back and watched the first episode to figure out who they were. Uh, and watching that first episode, we realized that Carly, the young lady with the really curly hair, she was actually the person that handed out the masks to all the people in waiting to start that uh, distraction or that that uprising that we saw in episode one. And then the person that jumped out of the window that had the bags of money. Uh, he was also seen in, in this episode. Uh, he's the uh, gentleman a little bit taller with long hair. Uh, now I found it interesting that Torres from episode one saw that person, the man jump out of the window uh, 
and exhibit some super strength, so then automatically assumed that that man was the leader of this group. Uh, where yeah. in reality, the leader is Carly. So I think that's a good comment on sexism and how uh, there can be toxic masculinity and just because there's a big strong man doesn't make him a leader. I'm still a little confused about what this underground organization is. I thought she was being ordered to do things and then she's getting threats. I'm just, I don't know. Uh, as a viewer, I was, I'm still a little confused on the GRC, which is a council or an agency that's responsible for uh, helping those that came back from the blip get rejoined with society. Uh, now, clearly, the, the Flag Smashers don't like this agency, and this agency does not like the Flag Smashers. They, they've got opposing views on how the world should be after the blip. But I'm having a hard time understanding the refugee camps. I don't, I don't know if... I don't know if they're oppressed people, and I don't know if the Flag Smashers are helping them or not. So that's where I'm really confused within this series. Carly has a line when when the Flag Smashers get uh, shelter in Munich. She has a line that says the GRC cares more about the people that came back from the blip than they do about the people that never left. So to me, yeah. it doesn't seem like the Flag Smashers really want to help those refugees, those that came back from the blip. Obviously, uh, oh, <laughs> I would also like to point out that uh, I'm, I'm happy that in the first episode I, I had this realization or this, this sense that the Flag Smashers are not clearly the main villains of this, of this series. Uh, actually, I'm even wondering now how, how villainous they really are. Uh, in that same shelter, the man that, that is giving them shelter referred to them as Robin Hood. You know, these are people that are, are stealing from those in power and giving it to, to people without power. Uh, and, you know, it seems to me they're just trying to create a world like they knew during the blip, uh, a world that they found good, one without borders, where, where they were one people, one world, which, which which is a really nice thought. Obviously, they're using violent mat means to get to that, that end, which isn't good. There was, a, like, this one line that somebody said to, to I think, that girl that I was, that I really, like, it put into perspective, like, you know how, how Marvel tends to make the Marvel villain somebody that's relatable that you don't want to be angry at, but you know they're the bad guy? They built the story around the villains where you kind of sympathize with them. And you kind of, it's, it's kind of like the Magneto effect where you kind of want to be on Magneto's side because you don't like the way things have gone for them. So with this group, they there was someone that said that, he's like, all these people came back from the for the blip and and then got their positions back like nothing ever happened like excuse me where were you and why do you have this power again and why do you have all this money like why should we even support you like no like you haven't been here you don't know how it is why do you have all the money like no and so i'm kind of like okay i feel these people i get it yeah the same people that had power before are getting power again uh, and again, uh, I'll reiterate from our last episode. I love that this is a topic within this show that something that the fans, we all, at least I never thought about when, when everyone came back. I know in Endgame, when people came back, it was this happy moment and you just had this sense of, oh, everything's back to the way it should be now. Yeah. 
So good for this show for doing that. But the question is, how big really is their their whole unit of people? We don't know that yet. We're just seeing... It's a growing rebellion. Yeah. It's, it's something that, that's building. Yeah. All right. There's another big character introduced. Let's talk about Isaiah. The old man super soldier. Yes. I don't, I don't think he wanted a hug, Terry. <laughs> so much. I feel so bad for this man. And this was a good part of this episode where the show was able to implement some race commentary to show how people of color are not treated in the same way as other people in our country. And as much as people want to pretend that that isn't true, it is 100% true. Yeah, because he, he even points out, like, like they, they've talked about Bucky was pardoned, but this guy spent 30 years in jail. Yeah, tested on. And, you know, that was something that really happened in this country, where black people were used as, as test subjects. You know, this show features a diverse cast, and they have the opportunity to tell these important stories. And I'm glad they are, and I... I hope they actually continue and do more in the future. One thing that I want to point out, and I know, Terry, you kind of just mentioned it before, but he said that while he was imprisoned, that they were taking his blood and doing these tests on him. So I'm going to make a prediction that people got a hold, uh, like the government got a hold of this and then started to re try to recreate the serum that they used on them. And that's one of my theories as for why the super soldiers that are here now are not as strong as uh, Captain Rogers and this gentleman as well. Um, I think they're trying to recreate something and they don't have the formula exact. Um, but that's just my theory. Well, Isaiah was not going to help them. So at least for now, uh, they, they leave Isaiah and move on and this is where uh, it ends up that Bucky gets arrested and they have to uh, in order to get out of that situation he has to get a therapy session so we're, we're introduced to the therapist again I I found it interesting when they were you know I didn't really understand the scene with the therapist obviously Bucky showed or explain to us how he was really feeling that, you know, if the Falcon thought that Cat made a mistake by giving it, then how does Bucky know that Cat didn't make a mistake about him being able to do right by the world? It really didn't seem like Sam understood what Bucky was going through, you know? It, it, oh, I I think Sam heard Bucky. I, and I, I just think it's, it's going to have to process with Sam. Yeah, Bucky's been just like, but he, he's more comfortable with it, I think, in the sense that he's been seeing her for a while. I think he does feel like whatever she is doing to him is semi-working. I feel like from the first episode, most of the viewers, we, we realized that Sam's not able to let go of things very easily right now. Uh, we saw that with him not willing to let go of his family's boat, and he's not ready to let go of the mantle of... Uh, Steve Rogers as Captain America. So I'm not either. 
<laughs> yes, Julie's not either. But either way, so Sam's just got to sit on it and think about it for a little bit because Sam did not have that character re- revelation. He did not admit anything to the therapist, whereas Be- Bucky, as you mentioned, Bucky did. Well, in the episode, they did name drop a character that we haven't seen yet, and the name drop is the Power Broker. So if you ask me, I think the Power Broker is the real villain behind this series. I think that is going to be revealed to be the main antagonist. I think that that is the person that they stole the serum serum from. So the Power Broker is the, the character that texts Carly when they get to their shelter and threatens to kill them. And then uh, later in the episode, we're going to see the Flag Smashers trying to transport stolen goods, or maybe it's that medicine or vaccines, uh, in an airplane. And they have to abandon this plan quickly. They need to uh, hurry up and escape because they said the power broker is here. A concept was brought up in this, this episode of the big three in terms of villains. <laughs> this actually made me laugh. I really like this part. The big three are robots, aliens, and wizards. So maybe, even though I'm I'm thinking the power broker is going to be the real antagonist of this series, there could be even a bigger villain. The only person, character we know of that created super soldiers in the MCU uh, was Zola. Who was last seen in Captain America, the Winter Soldier film, as an AI computer. In other words, a robot. Wait, can I ask what if these vaccines are really vaccines or are they more super soldier serum and then they just want to redistribute it amongst their their organization? Yeah, we don't know. So we don't know exactly what the those vaccines were. We don't know who they stole them from, and we don't know who exactly they're giving them to. I really thought the whole episode they stole or they're you or they're transporting super soldier serum. I agree. They might be. And it was also interesting to hear um, Bucky and Sam go back and forth about how Doctor Strange and how he's a sorcerer and not a wizard or just a wizard without a hat. That kind of made me laugh. But if you think about all the bad guys that we have in here, that they pretty much kind of do fall underneath this category. It should really be the big four. Humans should also be in there because we're destructive by nature and we're always trying to evolve and we end up making things worse in the long run. I want to add that um, I am excited to see like the character arc or the development between their romance. Like they don't have one right now, and I and they're gonna have one. I know it. Like I know that like at the end of um, Falcon is like us two are gonna go on a very long vacation away from each other forever type of thing. But I'm like, no, these guys are gonna be bros for life. And what's really interesting is the the common ground that they both have is that they both hate the same people together. Like they both, like as, for example, um, when they fight together, they're they're always on the same team. Or like how they feel, how they both feel about the space cap and that other guy. Like they're not they're they're on the same page about that. And I think that that this common ground that they that they have together is what's gonna like keep pulling the storyline until we get to, they're always going to like bicker with each other, but it's going to come to a point where like, that's just how it is. And that, and that's how they uh, support each other and will always be friends type of thing. 
All right. Well, I think we've come to the point uh, about we can talk about the character that, Terry, you've wanted to talk about the most. Zemo? Zemo. Ah! Uh, oh, my God. Okay, okay. Let me just say, I was watching the episode, and then I'm like, I'm so into this episode, and then the very end, Falcon's like, let's, let's, we're, we're going to see Zemo. I'm like, hell yeah, we're going to see Zemo. We see Zemo, and this episode ends, and I'm like, what? I think it was kind of weird that they are setting this up to be kind of like a Hannibal Lecter type relationship where they're going to go visit yeah. him in the cell and they're going to ask him for his intel on the Flag Smashers. They played classical music going up to him. And personally, remembering him from uh, Civil War, I don't associate classical music with this character. He was He was a man who lost everything who was trying to seek revenge. So I thought that was out of place. I don't know what kind of intel he could have. He's literally stuck in a cell with nothing. He knows the most about, like, he did all the research about where the the testing was for the super soldiers, how the super soldiers work. Where, like, he has the most insider information compared to anybody, probably on the planet. I don't know. Very, I'm very intrigued about what they're, what is gonna because I don't think he's gonna be in prison for long. No, so I'm just curious to see what 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 con he has to play in this whole thing. Spoiler alert: We also have seen in promos for this show Zemo's character wearing his his notorious purple ski mask. So a lot to come with this character and with the show. Like I said, I think this episode was a lot of exposition setting things up to happen in the future, but it was still a really good episode. I liked it a lot. I liked the fact, I know we kind of already talked about this, but they, they dealt with the race again, bringing it home to what is happening in our current situation in our world. Uh, and they're not just casting it aside. So I really liked that fact. I think next week we're going to find out more about, um, the power broker and who they are, and then potentially where they are taking this serum slash vaccine to. I think that those questions are going to be answered next week. I don't, I don't really have any predictions. I'm just in for the ride. Well, I hope that you guys enjoyed this. If there is something that you would like us to touch on, please uh, reach out to us at Pen Voyagers um, and please leave us a review potentially on our iTunes account. I don't know if you can leave reviews on Spotify, um, but spread the word with your friends. Let us know what you think. Um, we just like sitting down and talking about this stuff. So until next time, we'll see you on our next voyage. <laughs>